God works, it's powerful. When God calls, sometimes we just want to run. It takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of strength to answer that call that God puts on you when he says, go and preach. That's a hard thing to do. Our speaker tonight, you know very well, but she has answered that call of God when he said, go and preach. And I'll say, she said no. <laughs> just like I did. Just like I'm sure John did. And you wrestle. You wrestle with God. And he always wins. And so Debbie signed up for the same credentialing process that I went through to get ordained. And, and she's in that process as well. And so... She will be delivering the message tonight as Pastor Debbie. She's about halfway through that process. And she's really nervous. She, never she, she actually wants to run. You know how she said she can, you can listen or you can run? I want to do the run. <laughs> I'm talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I told you I don't need a mic. But we're going to welcome her. And, and just, you know, just be a support while she's up here preaching. It's hard your first time. Come on up, baby. It's already gone. Is that too loud? Um, I have to actually turn the iPad on. First, I want to welcome everybody. And I want to ask you not to laugh too much. Because <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. And I do have to put my glasses on. Okay, so we won't use the iPad. Now I'm glasses. Well, I want to say good evening to all of my beloved brothers and sisters. You know how much I love you guys. And I want to wish you, all our moms, aunts, grandmas, and our single dads, a very happy Mother's Day weekend. But this is a perfect weekend to discuss what moms do best, forgiveness. It's not the kind of forgiveness we're thinking about, though. It's not about forgiving others, because that's already biblical. We all know that. We've all heard it. We've all told it to ourselves how many times. But we need to talk about forgiveness of ourselves. We hang on to that. As moms and dads, it's so easy to forgive our kids. So easy. It's so easy to forgive the choices they make. But then you look back, and you're hanging on to the anger and the resentment, but you're hanging on to your sin. You don't hang on to theirs. You've let theirs go, but you hang on to yours. It's really easy to forgive our kids. It's really easy to forgive our neighbors. It's so easy to forgive our brothers and sisters. It's really hard to forgive ourselves. So how do we start forgiving ourselves? We all have names. 
We all have labels. I've been called Mrs. Dr. Frederick, Debbie, Mom, Nana, or Deborah Lynn when my mom's really, really mad at me, which is more often than not the case. But we all have names and we all have labels. In fact, Jesus gave us a name. We're called children of God. He's called us beloved. That is such an impressive name to me. I, you know, sometimes I get upset and I think, but I'm his beloved. That's an honor. That is an incredible name. So my question to you today is what name have you given yourself? Not the one God gave you. Because that, my friends, is beloved. What's the name you give yourself? Do you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and go, I'm just too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm too short, I need more makeup. I'm just not good enough, I'm not smart enough. You notice the pattern there? We've labeled ourselves failures. We've labeled who we once were. We haven't labeled who God has redeemed us to be. Before salvation, before we were made clean by the blood of Jesus. With each of these labels, we tell ourselves, we're not enough. Certainly not enough to be used by God. Not smart enough, not tall enough, not strong enough. Did you get the point? The list goes on and on. We've been programmed at an early age to see ourselves as failures. Look at the commercials that are on TV. Even our toilet paper is not strong enough, it's not soft enough, and it's not quilted enough. That's not enough. That's toilet paper. Our glasses aren't pretty enough unless we have designer labels. Our phones are not technologically good enough unless we have the new one. So even though you bought yours last month, it's not good enough now. Clothes we wear aren't even good enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not handsome enough. They're not good enough unless you have a designer label. Shoe Dazzle on TV tells us, you're height challenged, so you need to wear five-inch heels. I don't want to wear five-inch heels. I can't walk in flats. I can't walk in bare feet. But I'm not good enough if I don't have the Shoe Dazzle shoes. And how many actresses do you hear on TV going, you need to buy my special makeup because it'll plump out your face. But Now over here, you need to go take the exercise class so you can lose all that plumpness in your face. We're just not good enough. We are bombarded every day with negative thoughts. Nothing is ever good enough. You're not good enough. At least I'm sure that's what you tell yourself when you hear it day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute. I know I tell myself all the time. I argued with God over preaching. I said, my God, I'm not good enough. And he's right. I'm not. I'm right. I'm not. But he is. He's good enough. We have to stop seeing who we see in the mirror and start seeing who Christ sees. Do we ever give ourselves designer labels or do we just pick the run to the litter, so to speak? I'm sure each of you has given yourself some not-so-nice names, some very negative labels, I'm sure. Not a good enough dad, not a good enough mom, not a good enough cook. Scripture is very clear on our mandate to forgive others and on God's faithfulness to forgive us. There's nothing directly in the Bible that says forgive yourself. But it's stated several times in regards to forgiving others. How Christ has forgiven us. 
The standard that Jesus set is one of forgiveness and its release from condemnation. Let's read 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither sexually immoral or idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of us were. But we were washed clean. We were sanctified. We were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. We don't have to wear that label anymore. Think about it for just a minute. We were washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. That bears repeating. You were washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of God. So if we've been forgiven, because we just read it, we've been forgiven, washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of Jesus. Why can't we forgive ourselves? Why do we hang on to the sin that we've committed? Jesus took it away. He shed his blood. So that sin was forgotten. We were released from condemnation. To refuse to release that from ourselves from a sin that God released us from, is to put it back on Jesus. And at its heart, it's evidences of a lack of faith. Faith in what Christ has done for each of us. If we really believe that we have been set free from all guilt, why can't we forgive ourselves? If we believe that somehow paying for our sins through some kind of penance and repetition, then we could we would and should get out from under the sin. But instead, we carry the guilt around. We carry our sins around with us, which keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. We become as negative as the sin that we have been freed from. How often do you see Christians running around town looking miserable, unhappy, beaten up, grumpy, irritable, Is that because Christ saved them? Or is that because they're hanging on to that sin? In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He just did it. It's nothing we've done. It's nothing we can do. In Ephesians 4, 32, instead, be kind to each other, Tender-hearted, I love that word, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Notice how the first half tells us to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. But the second half reminds us that God forgave us. He forgave us. Does that mean we can keep doing the same sin over and over and over and over and over? No. No. But he's not, asking, he's not saying you can do that. He's saying stop the sin, repent, turn away, and you are forgiven. So you are forgiven. We have to stop sinning. We're not going to stop sinning. We're gonna, but we can grow in what we're doing so that we don't make the same sin over and over. That's like beating your head up against the wall every day. Eventually you're going to get it. 
We need to be so secure, though, in the fact that God has released us from the guilt of the sin that we release ourselves. Not releasing, releasing ourselves have negative consequences in our lives. Our negative thoughts direct our decision-making. We become driven by thoughts of fear, failure, inadequacy, causing us to miss the blessings that God has prepared for us. He tells us, I have blessings ready for you, but you're not ready to receive them because we hang on to the guilt of the sin. We just cling to that like it's a baby blanket, like it's our pacifier. We just hang on to it. We have to start letting it go. We become so negative, grumpy, sullen, and constantly beating ourselves up. And then we go out and we say, hey, did you hear about Christ? Did you hear how great he is? I'm such a horrible person. I'm so miserable. Do you want to know the God that's helping me be grumpy? Do you want to know the God that's giving me freedom? Do you want to know the God that comes up and says, you're my beloved. You don't want to know the God that I'm walking around with this all the time. Grumpy, what do you want? What do you want? Oh, Christian. Is that the God you want to share with people? That can't be the God you share with people because that's not the God we have. We have a God that loves us. He's forgiven us for so much. And he constantly forgives us over and over. In Matthew 8, 12, it says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Does that mean that God forgets my sins? No, he no longer sees my sin. It's like there's a blank slate for him. He just sees the reflection of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see my sin. I don't wear that when, I, when he sees me. He sees his son who died on the cross for me. I'm skipping a few parts. If you read Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers and sisters, think on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Does it say, okay, my brothers and sisters, think about how you flipped off the car in front of you. Think about how you were grumpy towards your neighbor. Think about how you reacted when your kid spilled something or broke a glass or got hit by a car and damaged your car. Think about, no, it doesn't say that. It thinks about, he says, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Remembering our sins can be beneficial if, In remembering them, it reminds us to the extent of God's love and forgiveness. In that way, it makes it easier for us to forgive others. Because if I'm walking around thinking I'm all that, and I don't have to worry, I'm not going to think so highly of you, and I'm not going to remember to forgive you. I have to remember to be on my knees and say, I can't do this. It's him. And then when you do something, I'm able to come up and truly forgive you. 
because I'm not going to hang on to it because God didn't hang on to it for me. In, let's turn to Matthew 18, 21 through 35. <coughs> Excuse me. As we read the parable about the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Jesus answered. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlements, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this time, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him, he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees, begged him, please be patient with me, and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant and, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had in you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. We all know that. We all know that we have to forgive our brother and sister. Once we understand the power of words, we want to do more than just avoid using them to diminish ourselves and others. We'll want to use them to encourage, to inspire, not just others, but ourselves. It's really hard to encourage yourself if you're not good enough, if you label yourself failure, not good enough, not righteous enough. Pick a label. Too tall, too short, too loud, too quiet. I married him. There's so many negative labels. You've got to stop using them on yourself. Every time we label ourselves with disgust, berating, and belittling words, we label Jesus the same way. Because we are a reflection of him. So if I'm walking around saying, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. What am I calling Jesus? He's not good. I'm a reflection of him. And I just called myself trash. I'm not good enough. I'm not wonderful enough. I'm not pretty enough. So I just said, Jesus, you're not enough. And that's the message I portray to everybody. All my non-churched family and friends. I portray that he's not enough. If he's not enough to sanctify and purify and cleanse me, then he's not enough. 
And that's what I'm saying when I say I'm not enough. Every time I heap those coals upon myself, I heap those coals upon Jesus. I don't have the right to call Jesus those names. I don't have the right to give him that label. Not after what he did for me. He freely, freely got up on that cross to cleanse me of my sins so that I could be with him for all eternity. And here I am just heaping these coals right back on him, saying, but I'm not good enough. I'm not nice enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm just not enough. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't mind that, of course, but I'm not enough. Stop making yourselves those labels. Get rid of those negative labels. It's not through our own acts or power, but by the grace and blood of Jesus Christ, we are seen as flawless, forgiven, beautiful, and beloved. That's got to make you just jump for joy. I'm not who I once was. I am flawless in him. I am forgiven by him. I am beautiful and beloved because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I need to portray that when I'm outside, when I'm out talking to non-Christians, when I'm in my home and my grandson is doing some horrible things, I still need to be the reflection of Jesus for him. I can't do that if I'm walking around with unqualified, unworthy, useless, failure. I can't do that for him. So I'm going to ask each of you, think about your negative labels. Think about them. During our Jesus is the Subject Sermon Series, Kristen showed us biblical principles to point us in the right direction. We heard about our purpose, how and why we should pray, what compassion is, and why we're told to practice servanthood. We were shown biblically how to be bold for God. All these tools are necessary for us to grow in Christ and for us to get out there and reach others for Christ. We also know that forgiveness is a biblical practice that we all need to work on. So when you leave tonight, you were all given an envelope. Does everybody have an envelope? Each one of you should have one. Inside that envelope, there's a three-by-five card and a pencil. I want you to take that three-by-five card, and I want you to take the pencil, and I want you to write down all your negative labels. Now, I'm going to pray over these. So if you don't want me to know what your negative labels are, don't put your name on it. But I promise you, I will forget them. If you put your name on them, I'll pray specifically for you. But I want you to write down your negative labels. And as you leave tonight, I want you to leave them in a basket. Take your pencils and your three-by-five cards and leave them in the basket. And inside that envelope, there's another card for you. It's your new label. It's the label God gave you. It's the label that Jesus Christ gave you. Because you are his beloved. 
You're a child of the Most High God. He is still seated on this throne. You have to go out and be bold for Christ. You have to show compassion. And remember why our purpose for Christ is dependent upon forgiving ourselves and removing the label that says, I'm not good enough. Add your new label. Stop living in the past with the sins of our past. Start living in his presence. We need to remember to give ourselves the label God has given us. Beloved. Because we are a reflection of him. And if we're reflecting unworthy, unholy, unrighteous, we're not being a good reflection. We have to reflect, beloved. We have to reflect his forgiveness. We're going to have a video in just a minute because I didn't give her a copy of my sermons. She didn't have a chance to cue it up, so I have to give her a minute. Isabel, did you wake up? I might have put her to sleep.